Hey, how's it going? This is Evan Jackson, video production director of New Life Church. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. It's our goal to help you grow in your faith and discover all that God has for you. I hope you're encouraged, challenged, and inspired today. Enjoy the message. All right. Well, today is a big day. We're going to continue our series in the book of James. Open your Bible to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. And uh, we are going to be continuing this conversation. I've been waiting for this sermon because I've been sitting on some information that I've been dying to share with you. And uh, it came from a book I read. Many of you have probably seen the movie or read the book about William Wilberforce, Amazing Grace. Anybody ever seen that movie? What? All right, we have to have a movie night here in the church because that movie is phenomenal. So check that movie out. Well, you'll hear more about it today. All right, today's message is called Manners Matter. Manners matter, and um, we're going to be in James chapter 3, if I can get my tablet, okay, here we go. Um, James chapter 3 today, and the big idea for this message is this, the way in which we communicate steers us into the person we become. Our conversation can bring new life or cause destruction. Manners matter. Now, I'm going to split this chapter up a little bit different. I'd like you to jump down to James chapter 3, verse 13 to start. Okay, verse 13, and it says this. And I want to read this out of the King James Version because this is how I memorized it. And it has an interesting word translation. It says this. Who is is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Now, this word conversation meant something different to the King James authors than it does to us today. Okay? It's actually translated out of the, the uh, Greek word um, anastrophe. Anastrophe. Okay? Everybody say anastrophe. Okay, it sounds like a delicious food that you might like stroganoff or something. Anastrophe. And it means this. Way of life, conduct, behavior, deportment. How you present yourself, the way you live your life, the conversation of your life. It's more than just what comes out, but it includes what comes out of your mouth of our mouths, our conversation. The reason why this word is so potent and why I like it in the King James is because conversation and our, and our behavior are connected. They're connected. You cannot say things in an authentic way that you don't have inside of you. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So let's continue. James chapter 3, verse 14. It says this, but if you have bitter envy and strife and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, unspiritual. Look at this word, demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom from above 
is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without pretense. And the fruit of, of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. Now, I'm just going to be a little bit transparent with you today. Is that okay? I struggle with this. I struggle with this. I am not by nature a, what's the word, compliant person. I'm not by nature a compliant person. I typically like to push against boundaries. And I have been reading this passage not just to present it to you, but to internalize it for me. This, you know, sometimes we take scripture and we just go, you know, that's just not me. That's not my personality. No, it's not. It's God's. And if his spirit lives in us, it should become more and more in our sanctification process, more and more who we are. So we can't just write it off, oh, that's not who I am. True, but that's not good enough. Sanctification, and what is it? The whole, the whole theme of this book of James is what? You will be blessed in the doing. You'll be blessed in the doing, right? When we take the things of God and we apply it to our lives, we will be blessed as we do those things. So we need to internalize these things. And I'm telling you, these are, these are struggles that we, me, will have until the end of our lives. But there's a, it's, a, it's a worthy struggle. Okay? So, let's continue. William Wilberforce. Okay? The English parliamentarian who was instrumental in bringing about the abolition of slavery throughout the British Empire had a second and some would say more impactful life mission. It's a pastor. What could be more impactful for one person's life than the abolition of slavery? Because this mission, the mission I'm going to talk about here, profoundly influences the eventual accomplishment of abolition. Without the one, we would have not gotten the other. And William Wilberforce is, is adamant about understanding that. Without this, where, where he goes with this mission, the uh, uh, abolition of slavery in the British Empire would never have been possible. Wilberforce was the instigator of what he called the Reformation of Manners. Reformation of Manners, which began in 1787. The Manners, we don't talk about manners anymore. That seems like, you know, old school. You have manners, politeness. Saying things, doing things the right way. In, in, some, time, in some ways in our, in our culture, it's almost looked down upon. Like the other day, I opened a door for a woman, and, and she wouldn't let me. She's like, no, I got it. I'm like, no, it's okay, go ahead. She, no, I got it. I'm like, you got it. I mean, honestly, that's why I, that's, I experienced that happen. Wait, what was I supposed to do? You will go through this door. I have not a compliant personality. 
but manners. Just simple manners. What does that mean? That word manners, I want you to identify today with that Greek word we use for conversation. He believed, Wilberforce believed, that if people could see the importance of good manners in what they said and what they did and how they did them, then the society would, be, would have a solid foundation for greater, greater moral transformation. He believed that you could not do great moral things unless the individual was morally changed. Down to the point of like, uh, he looked around, he was a parliamentarian in England in the 1700s, and he looked at, right after the um, Revolutionary War, actually, and he looked around, and people were just, uh, just, just not using good language. And he was kind of offended by that. Man, can we identify with that today? I mean, my dad used to tell me a story when, um, that when it comes to movies, they blocked Gone with the Wind from movie theaters. Gone with the Wind because he said the word damn at the end of the movie. One curse word, which we would consider a mild one, right? That's, which is bad. That, we consider that a mild one. That's bad. I mean, but they banned it from movie theaters. The most recent... Um, there's a movie that just came out, Wolf of Wall Street, with Leonardo DiCaprio. It had, like, the most swear words in it. Like, they counted it, like, I think it was like every, like, 10 seconds, if you just averaged it out, there would be a curse word. Can we say that our language has gotten bad? Our thoughts about, I mean, so who cares, pastors? Just words. Listen, words matter because they bring out the condition of your heart. And if we don't reform our inner being, then we can't do anything on the outside that's, any, any, that's worthwhile. This is what Wilberforce believed. He had, he had other problems uh, with the society. They were doing things like um, he didn't like the concept of cruelty to animals, being cruel to animals. Uh, they, were, they had things like cockfights and dogfights and these things. And were like, and he, he, so, what, so what did he do about it? He says, man, this is really bad. No. During his lifetime, the Reformation of Manners movement grew to include Reformation of Manners societies all over England. They would give their time to, to helping the poor and uneducated in the cities and throughout the country. This Reformation of Manners moved the country back towards traditional Judeo-Christian morals that impacted all areas of life, including the abolition of slavery. Words matter. Semantics matter. You can call it an unborn baby or you can call it a fetus. Two different connotations right there. You can say, I am killing an unborn baby or you can say, I'm getting rid of cells that have grown. Semantics matter. Words matter because words reveal the condition of a heart. When we command our conversation and all the, all the things that, that that word represents, right? Conversation. 
we start to live in a civilized way. Now, I believe that abortion is this country's slavery at this point. It's something that needs to be dealt with. And we're not going to have a Wilberforce type of a victory in that moral issue until we become moral agents. When we command our conversation, we start to live in a civilized way. Our behavior follows our rhetoric. Behavior follows rhetoric. That is why I believe loose language corrupts good behavior. And I'm not sitting on a high horse here. I'm working on this with you. When we are loose with our language, we become loose with our actions, manners, matter. All right, next section. James, go back to the top. James 3, 1. It says this, not many of you should be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is mature, able also to control his whole body. What is, what is James saying here? He's saying this. He's saying the same thing I said to you. We all stumble in many ways. We're not perfect. We're going to be held to a higher standard, those who teach. Those who teach are going to be held to this standard. So be careful. If, you do, uh, if anyone does not stumble, okay, yeah, no, verse 3. Now, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct the whole body. And consider ships, though they're very large and driven by fierce winds, they are, uh, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets a blade blaze a large forest. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It strains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. See what he's saying? He's saying this. Your rhetoric leads your behavior. What you speak is, a, is indicative of who you are. So what do you say? You guys need to just fake it. Use good words when you're around good people. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying change your words. He's saying change what's here so that what comes out is holy. Change what's in here, garbage in, garbage out. I think it's so funny. I'll be sitting in the... I'll be sitting in the cafe out here during sermon prep and stuff like that for the week. And people will come in, come, just walk in, and they'll want to talk. And that's fine. That's why we're here, right? That's why we moved from Alma Road. <laughs> that's why we are here, to meet people. But it's, it's uncanny because they'll start using language, and they'll go, oh, wait, I'm sorry, I'm in church. 
Well, kind of. It's the American Eagle, but fine, yes. Or, or, or they'll be talking to me, they're like, oh, sorry, you're a pastor. Okay. Yes, I am. Why would, that ma- why would that matter? Here's the thing. Our language is vitally important, not because it does anything to us, but that it comes from us. It comes out of the well of which we are. It's not about what it does to us. It's about the fact that it comes from us. And obviously James thinks it's, without being curtailed, it will lead the human into the fires of hell. Because that's what's inside. Now listen to this, verse 7. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in God's image. Blessing and cursing comes out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, this thing should not be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Think of a person right now that you're struggling with. It could be a person at work. It could be a talking head from TV. It could be a political figure, somebody you're having a really hard time with. And start thinking this. That person was created in the image of God. Let that sink in for a second. Above politics, above behaviors, above agreement, outside of our own comfort zones, that person is made in the image of God. I had an incident at Lowe's this week. Right, right? I had to apologize to my brother. I said, please forgive your pastor brother for being such a jerk. If I had thought more along these lines in that moment, I would have said and done things differently. But I got angry, and I felt justified in my anger. And instead of saying, the person standing across me, as much of an idiot as he is, is made in the image of God. Made in the image of God. So we worship God, and then we curse God's image. Food for thought. Blessings and curses come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives? (laughs) My brothers and sisters... Or a grapevine produce figs. Neither can salt water spring yet yield fresh water. 
what you are inside will come out. It will come out. Communication is the way in which human beings thrive, grow, and make progress in the world and relationships. In verse 1, James expresses the caution against too many people in the community becoming teachers. He warns that teachers receive stricter judgment. Since teachers have such a great influence on people and their progress, they have much larger responsibility than others. Now think about that in our social media-soaked age where everybody is out to be an influencer. Oh, he's a, that person's an influencer. That, that word's everywhere. Oh, that person's an online influencer, a, 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 a spiritual influencer. He's an influencer. That goes, everybody being an influencer goes exactly against this verse. So if everybody's an influencer, now it's on us, right? We have to be careful. We have to be careful to curate the voices of influence in our lives. Or we will be drawn by the flood of unwise teaching. We'll be drowned by that flood of unwise teaching. Information is too numerous right now. It's just too much. It's, they were doing a psychological study on the, the impact of, we're going we're gonna to talk about it in our next series. The next series is called The Wisdom Pyramid. And man, I can't wait for you guys to hear that series. It's going to be so good. Anyway, but they've been doing studies on the mental, capacity, the mental state of human beings um, post Facebook, post-social media time period. And I'm, I'm not going to give it away, but it ain't good. It's not good. Okay? So we have to curate the voices that are teaching us. We can't rely on the world to do it. Think about it. 30 years ago, who were the major influences in your life? Your parents, maybe? Even as you grow older, you know? Your church? You might listen to Walter Cronkite for two hours, and I don't know. The news was two hours a night, right? Where the kids went, ah. You got your news in one, two hours, and you were done. Whew. They took, because they had to curate the news. You got the most important news. You didn't get everything. Like a fire hose. So they're saying, post-social media world, what has that done to our our psyche, our emotions, it's, it ain't good. So we have to be curators of our information. Who's teaching us? The tongue is compared to three things in this, to consider small compared to the force that exerts. A horse. We still measure power by the horse. Why would we still do that? I mean, they still, like, they tell you, like, the, the, the rockets have, like, bazillion horsepower. Why are we still measuring things by the horse? Have we moved on from that? <laughs> this is how many horses it would take you to get to the moon. It's weird. But anyway, the horse is a powerful thing. As big as it is, it can be moved by the use of a small bit. A ship, a large 
and intimidating as it is, and the winds that drive it might be uh, pretty severe. It could be, I mean, we saw this past summer, we've seen the effects of wind. It can be maneuvered, though, through the sea with just a small rudder and a fire. A wonderful tool for sustaining life, but an absolute destroyer when it gets out of control. In the same way, the tongue is a small part of the body that can cause much damage or much prosperity. Ever heard this statement? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Sticks and stones can be used to break and destroy, but sticks and stones can also be used to build material, as building materials. They are just tools put to destructive or productive purposes. Think about that. They're just tools. Your tongue is just a tool used for destructive or productive purposes. Language is the major uh, differential between us and the animal kingdom. The tongue is able to communicate what is our hearts and our minds desires. What, what, what we have inside our, our words, our language, our communication can relate what's inside. How frustrating it is to live with a child who is not yet able to tell you what they're, what's bothering them, right? I mean... There's some people out there who think that they can identify the different cries that a baby gives. Oh, that's the cry for food. Oh, that's the cry for changing. Oh, that's the cry. That's a bunch of hogwash. It all sounds the same to me. Wah! You know, it's just, it just, it all sounds the same. It's frustrating. I'm, I'm going to tell a story. Lincoln's not in here today. Good. <laughs> there was a time with my little boy, angelic as he is, well, this is for the day. He, had, he was a colicky baby. At one point, he just would not stop. He would not stop. So being the wonderful parents we are, instead of wanting to throw him against the wall, we put him in the bathtub in his little car seat and close the door because we just couldn't handle it. We could, he was, couldn't handle it anymore. Just couldn't handle it. He was crying. You think that helped? So we went out the slider and sat on the porch and closed the slider. We just needed five minutes. Just, you know, parents, you know, think I'm evil, go for it, whatever. We need five minutes of no crying. You think the slider helped? By the end of the five minutes, we find ourselves sitting in the garage in two lawn chairs looking at each other like, Language is an amazing thing. As soon as they can start to communicate what they need, they don't stop. <laughs> she knows, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. <laughs> and if I don't get it, I will cry. And then I'll get it. <laughs> Language differentiates, makes us power, makes, it's a powerful thing. 
This means that we are liable to speak many good things, but also can cause much destruction. James emphasizes this by reminding us how we can bless God in one moment and curse his image bearer in the next. This involves both positive and negative use of the tongue. The positive use involves praising God. The highest function of human speech. Think about that for a second. The highest function of human speech is to praise God. That might be the primary reason why you were given the ability to speak in the, in the first place. Think of, consider Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all of our iniquities, who heals our diseases, who redeems our life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, that's not the band, the eagles. He's talking about the younger people are like, what? He's old. In contrast, the negative use involving cursing human beings. Cursing refers to personal verbal abuse, perhaps arising from the loss of a temper, I never do that, in an argument or a debate. It also involves the expression of angry wishes on an enemy. It includes speech which is insulting as well as profane. In verse 10, it spotlights the inconsistency of this action. We are sinful, inconsistent, uh, sinfully inconsistent when, our bless, when we bless God, then curse those whom God has made in his likeness. When we curse those who God has made, we are effectively cursing God. He is the object of both expressions. Such a double standard is outrageous and incongruent with Christian morals. What does he say? My brothers, this should not be. This should not be. Manners matter. It is a tongue that can control our lives. James shows that many things, especially animals, have been tamed, ruled, and dominated by humankind. The beasts of the field can be tamed. However, the tongue is far harder to tame. In fact, the tongue cannot be tamed by sinful human beings. You can tame a, a tiger. Winslow's done it many times. You didn't know that about Winslow, did you? Winslow the tiger tamer. <laughs> what happens when you sit in the front, man? We could tame tigers. We could, I mean, you can't tame your tongue. You can't, I'm going to say it again. You cannot tame your tongue. You cannot tame your tongue. We must continually make the choice to renew our minds in order to try to control the tongue along with the help of the Holy Spirit. 
as we give our conversation, our anastrophe, right? Our conversation through the control of the Holy Spirit, so also will our manners and morals follow. I believe this is one of the reasons why on the day of Pentecost, we see a transformation of the lives of the apostles begin with a new tongue. Well, tongues of fire over their heads. God gave them a new tongue. Because what was happening before? They were cowering in their room. And then God gave them a new tongue. Whatever that was, right? And immediately, what followed the new tongue was a changed life. That changed life changed the community. That community that got fired up with the Holy Spirit changed the world. It all started with a new tongue. Powerful horses. Small bit. Big ship. Small rudder. Give the Holy Spirit control of your tongue, your conversation, your anastrophe, and watch him work great and mighty things in and through your I'm going to say it one more time. Manners matter. Manners matter. Not because they're fake, phony, highfalutin things that we are outdated. Not why, that's not why they're important. Not like Downton Abbey. It's about what's inside. When we treat other people with respect and care and love, it shows that something that we've received, respect, care, and love from God, and we're willing to give it to anybody, even a stranger. Remember, that stranger is your neighbor. That person that just cheeses you off big time. It's your neighbor. That political figure that you can't stand to even look at on the news. Made in the image of God. We gotta be careful how we handle these things. We gotta be careful how we talk about these things. We've gotta be careful that our conversation is full of grace, mercy, and love. Because that's God living in us. He is full of grace, mercy, and love. One more time, please. Manners matter. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this portion of Scripture. Thank you for people like William Wilberforce, who didn't just say and think things, but he actually went after it. Lord, I pray that we would internalize this concept of the reformation of, of, of manners, of morals. God, I pray that you would season our language with the salt of your Holy Spirit. God, we cannot control this thing, this little thing. It will steer us off track every time, but with you at the helm, you could control and steer us into great things for us and through us. So Lord, I pray right now over my brothers and my sisters, 
that you would deal with us today in your gracious way on what's inside our hearts that keeps coming out. Help us to identify why we say the wrong things that we say, why we use the language that we use. What is the reason for our rhetoric? And then I ask you to heal that up inside. And then the words will follow. The speech will follow. The manners will follow. Heal us from the inside out, Jesus. Make us more like you. Today, not someday, start the work in us today. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless. Have a great, great week. God bless you.